shot first. Come on, grab your friends. We're going to talk about Star Wars and stuff with Connor Olet and Andrew Roman. The fun will never end. Greeter shot first. So, Connor. Yes, Andy. I've got a question for you. I hopefully have an answer. So, you know, Star Wars Squadrons recently came out, and you can deck out your cockpit with different little accessories and fun little doodads. Little odds and ends. Yeah. Do you have a a favorite? Favorite right now that I'm trying to go for uh, is probably either the Gonk Droid Mm -hmm. or the C-3PO head, depending on which faction. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am a little upset you can't transfer one to the other, but it does make sense. Yeah. Um, and it keeps you invested, I guess. Of course. But uh, I I, I kind of think I know where you're going at with this, because just the other day they released like some new uh, yes. new material for your cockpit. Yeah, exactly. A whole new Mando collection. Ooh. So uh, you can get, let's see here, you can get the Razor Crest, mm-hmm. you get an IG uh, droid, like yes. a little hanger droid. Um, I think you can get like a crate Dragon Tooth. Is that uh, one of the things? I'm not sure about that one, but you can get the... Oh, you can get you can a get bounty a bl- hunter. Yeah, you can get a blurg. Oh, and a blurg. Yes. Or you can get a bounty hunter like wanted thing that like revolves. Mm-hmm. And then to top the it all puck. off, the puck. Yeah, yeah. Show me the puck. Uh, and then I think the one that you were most excited to get, and I'm uh, 200 uh, glory away from getting. <laughs> I got the child. You got the child. The baby he's, yodes. He's in my a wing. My preferred fighter. <laughs> well, that's uh that's pretty exciting. It is. You know what else is exciting? It's Ootapoots, everybody. Hello and welcome to Greeter Shot First. My name is Connor. I'm Andrew. And we're here to talk Star Wars, all things Star Wars, anything even freaking related to Star Wars. That's right. How are we today, gang? Wonderful. Yeah? Doing good? Ryan, how are you doing over there? Splendid. Yes? All right. I think it's uh, safe to say that we're back and older than ever. That's... I would say better, but you know, it's still early on. <laughs> yeah, uh, got new aches and pains. Hard, yes. Yeah, hard to commit to that, but I can promise you, I'm older than ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, to make things feel, uh, you know, a little slightly less, you know, I guess ache and painy or uh, whatever, uh, we were lucky enough to have episode one of season two of the Mandalorian premiere just this past Friday, also known as part nine of the part Mandalorian, nine, chapter nine, uh, simply titled "The Marshal." The Marshal. Oh, man. So, right off the bat, uh, just to give a little background on the episode itself, the overview goes as, The Mandalorian and the child continue their journey, facing enemies and rallying allies as they make their way through a dangerous galaxy in a tumultuous era after the collapse of the Galactic Empire. That's right. It keeps it very vague, which I appreciate, because I don't know about you guys, but I didn't know where the first episode was really going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, just to kind of recap everything, uh, the Mandalorian himself is played by Pedro Pascal. Uh, Baby Yoda is played by himself. 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 <laughs> and uh, that's that's basically all you need to know right off the bat. Yeah, uh, there exactly. are some surprises in this first yeah, episode. Some, some excellent cameos once again. Oh, yeah. Uh, some big surprises, big plot twists. Uh, some uh, Maybe some returning characters. We never know. Mm-hmm. But we're... Uh, we're going to do a little bit of a spoiler-free review right off the top, uh, just because we don't want to give it away because it's so fresh. Um, but just right off the bat, Andrew, what did you think of the season opener? I mean, what I will say is, like, there were honestly parts of this episode that I didn't totally love, mm-hmm. but it's still so freaking good, 
and like just the overall world of the Mandalorian is so engrossing that like it's still one of my favorite things yes that I've seen literally all year I've seen a meme recently uh that's that shows uh it's a meme that shows the Disney plus logo mm-hmm and then at least is what I'm really paying for. And it says the Mandalorian dot to dot and the Clone Wars, which is like, it's kind of true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like a lot of people, I think that the thing was that once uh, season one ended, uh, they just canceled their subscription. And, you know, once this came around, they just upped it again. Yes. You know, which I mean, to them, I understand, you know, it, it's hard to like with so much content you can get from Disney. If you're not really like, a, you know, a Disney fan, it is kind of hard to keep your your attention for that long. You know, yeah. You're waiting like a whole year practically for the, for the new season to come out. And I can imagine it's very, very time consuming and everything, <laughs> but I very much liked it. Um, I, I can agree with you that there are some points where it's like, okay, it kind of feels that way, but I kind of liked it for the fact that it was, it was episode one over again, but it showed evolution. Yeah. Uh, that it, I mean, I'll get more into that once we start talking plot points and everything. Mm-hmm. But I like the fact that it just shows how far our character has come. Yeah. So. And, and also, like, what I've kind of found in very entertaining about it was that I just feel like everything was just ramped up that much higher. Yes. You know, it, it kind of went from this, you know, kind of very small set pieces that we saw, like, at the debut of the show. Mm-hmm. And, like, now it's like we have this massive 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 set yeah and and a lot of you could just tell that they they got a little bit more money in the budget to go back to the memes there was another meme of padme whenever she sees anakin for the first time it says my you've grown but it said it says when you see the first episode it says the budget my you've grown (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) so it's very true um duncan what do you think of the first episode uh just thoughts and, and feelings i enjoyed it you enjoyed, enjoyed it, it immensely. Yes. Okay. I then we keep it simple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm still kind of processing all the things I've I, I saw. Um, I think you guys know a little bit more of my production background. I have completely nerded off, nerded out, and gone over the like off the deep end, looking and watching some of the behind the scenes oh, features yeah. from from the series. Um, I find myself just trying to find seams. Just, just, yeah. just show just me, like, show me where the zipper's at. Yeah, like, yeah. where's, where's, where does it end? Oh. Like, I'm waiting for someone to slip up and uh, leave a Starbucks cup in a frame. Uh-oh. Yeah, <laughs> but I still, don't think it's gonna happen. It's just so buttoned up. It, yeah, I love it's it. Just so tight. Now, like, did you guys, either of you guys, watch any of the um, behind the scenes, like the making of Mandalore, that whole yes. side series they made? Yes. What did you think of that? Loved it. I mean, it was incredible. Absolutely like, loved it. Just seeing all the different aspects of it and like the, the actual, I forget what they call it, but it's like that 3D screen. The wraparound. The wraparound yeah. screen. Yeah. And to that end, uh, like you were saying, looking for the cuts and the scenes mm-hmm. and everything. Once I knew about that technology, there was there were points in this episode where I was like, where does it end? Yeah. Like, where is it really coming from? Yeah. Where, where does your physical set piece end and where does that screen like take over? Exactly. Because you're hiding it beautifully. Yeah. Yes. Honestly, and like I, I think that they just pulled it off, and they were able to bring in everybody. This show also does a great job of just being like, you know, look, if you're not a Star Wars fan, usually I think you can get off on the action. Yeah. Um, this also goes back to what everyone kind of wants out of the original trilogy, in the sense that it felt like a spaghetti western over again. Like oh, it, for de- sure. it had <laughs> such a positive cowboy vibe the, yeah. that I like. At one point, I just said, like, is this? 
like this is this isn't the Mandalorian anymore. Yeah, like this like is the, like Deadwood or something. Like it's <laughs> it's it's amazing. Yeah, the, you know? I mean the arrival of Mando in Mos Pelgo is yeah. just like the quintessential. It's, he's riding in on it's the lone horseman, right? Yeah. He's like well, he's just riding in slowly on the town. I was so. waiting for tumbleweed. Something to roll right? across, or just like, like okay, okay, guys. <laughs> being Star Wars, I could have seen it being a tumbleweed, then the tumbleweed like opens up into an alien, just starts walking away. <laughs> like that's that's the kind of stuff I expect. That would have been yeah. pretty sick. But I guess with that, we should kind of get into it. Yeah, let's. Um, uh, we're just gonna kind of walk through the episode, weigh in as we see fit, and, and uh, you want to go scene by scene like we've been yeah, doing. We'll I think kind of so, go yeah. from there. All right, so right off the bat, everybody, if you haven't seen uh, season two, episode one yet, this is your last chance to jump off and then jump back on and join us for our review. Three, two, one. Darth Vader's alive. No, anyways. <laughs> um, so, Darth Vader, off. maybe not. Maybe not. But let's start off the bat. Definitely uh, some Anakin references in yeah. this, though. Oh, I'm, I'm, we're getting, we're we'll getting, get there. We're getting there. So let's start off right at the beginning. We, we had the recap and everything. The first shot of the whole series, Mando and the baby and the child coming right out of the dark. It's one of the coolest shots like uh, I've ever seen. Yeah. Because it was right off in the trailer, the first trailer, that was the first shot you saw, too. And it was just a great reveal. Show me the one who's just, like whose safety deems such destruction. And then you just see the child, and it's like... <gasps> You know, you get all excited and everything. But it's perfect for spoopy season. Well, yes, it's also yeah, it's perfect for being like the day before Halloween when this release and everything too. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, I think I spotted a few fun Easter eggs right there at the beginning because during this time, uh, for everyone who's watched it, uh, he's walking through some back end streets that have a lot of graffiti and everything. Mm-hmm. Now, did you notice any familiar faces in the graffiti? Anybody? I was scanning. I did not. Yeah, I mean, I saw this, like, one kind of maybe looked C-3PO-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, like, kind of golden color. And it yes, just... it had the eyes and the O for the mouth. Yes. Like, that, even Eva said, it was like, does that look like a C-3PO? And it's like, I'm pretty sure that is. Mm-hmm. More often than not, it looked like there were, um, uh, like, Stormtrooper kind of, like, designs and everything. Mm-hmm. The one that I was so excited I found, it's a blink and you'll miss it thing. When he gets up to the doorway where the Twi'lek is before he goes into the actual fighting wit, mm-hmm. if you look at the top, left i want to say like the upper left hand of the doorway there's a little uh graffiti uh picture of Watto. <laughs> I, I i guarantee you it's if not Watto, then he's a toydarian in general but yes. like it had the trunk and everything and i i was like so excited it's like i have that pop figure yes <laughs> so i got excited about was that. he wearing his hat he was not wearing his oh. hat i'm sorry to say uh but honestly so like first scene uh, what does everyone think about, like, you know, the UFC fights right off the bat? <laughs> I I mean, again, that speaks to just the production value of this show. Like, how are you able to, like, put these people in these, like, ridiculous Gamorrean guard fat suits yeah. and make it look so cool and believable? Right. Uh, well, yeah, I, where's the zipper? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I like this because I, I always go back when it comes to Gamorreans to what you have told me about Piggy, the uh, the rebel pilot, right? Mm-hmm. And it's always it's always funny to think of Gamorians outside of their usual role as just like bodyguards, like just these slovenly pig-like creatures. Just that big just, old goons. Yeah, they're just goons. They're just hitmen. You know, that's all they are. And to see them up there doing their thing, 
like you say, with so much physicality behind them. Yeah. It's really incredible. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I was really believing that they're, like, swinging these giant vibrosword's, like... Oh, yeah. ...axes, like, full bore at each other. So they've they, they've done this already a numer- numerous times to this whole series, but this, to go back at it, what do you think of the actual vibro animation? Because <laughs> uh, there's... It, besides the actual axes, they have, like... Uh, Mando has a vibra knife. Yes, which we vibra also knife. get to see in this scene. Yes. <laughs> so, well, what do you think of the animation of that? Does that kind of speak to what you thought it would be? I don't know if it's exactly what I thought it would be, but I also don't know how else you could do it. How you could describe it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean you kind of just hear this kind of. <laughs> they, they always treat it like it's a baby lightsaber in a sense. Yeah. It's like it's a lightsaber, but it vibrates, or you know, but it's yeah. still steel. You know, yeah. it's still gonna do more damage than just a static blade, for instance. Right. I was gonna say, like, would it would it cause more damage because it's vibrating? Like, would it not be as powerful if it like if batteries ran out? Sorry. Probably so. Oh, maybe you never know. <laughs> Um, so, but to that end, um, I love the, uh, just the subtle, like sitting down, talking to the alien, like just has that, like, you know, back world feel to it and everything feels kind of, and I love the guy's thing, which is like, I don't like leaving it to chance, you know, yeah. and he ha- tries and, you know, comes yeah. up on Mando. That was, it was a great reveal. Uh, uh Eva's reaction to it was the best. Uh, she saw, uh, the child, like. Boop, popped himself back into his egg <laughs> and she's like oh man and next thing you know it just went off the wall and then yeah. space day devito started running away <laughs> space day Sp- devito. played by Split. john Leguizamo. so yes if anyone doesn't know the one-eyed alien there in the white uh he looks like a space one-eyed day DeVito, monster is played by none other than john Leguizamo, luigi himself that's right but uh sid <laughs> well yeah there's also sid Thid the sloth wait how does he go Thid the sloth Something like that, right? <laughs> it's about I don't right. Know, either way, uh, but that was probably one of the more hardcore scenes uh, yes. of the whole series. Like Mando, it just shows how ruthless he is. I promise you, I you, you will, not, will die not die by, by my, my hand. hand. Yeah. He's like, you can't leave me here, Mando. And he shoots the light out. When he shot the light out, I was like, why did he shoot the light out? And then you see all the eyes, just red eyes. Yes, come back now. First off, like Eva asked me, he's like, are those Jawas? And I was like, I. I guess because like at first I didn't think about it. Then I heard the snarling and I was like, oh, okay. They're like some kind of beast or something, yeah. some kind of hound. Yes. And that's what made it even more like, I don't know, just terrifying. When he turned, like took the light out, you just hear the screaming, the screaming. And then it just fades to Mandalorian chapter nine, the Marshall. I was a little disappointed. We didn't get the theme song, like, oh. a, like a proper title sequence. Yeah. At the beginning. Yeah, that's fair. Well, you know, I mean, it it still it feeds into it. I think the idea is that they're trying to let you know that it is just like it's a continuation. Yes. You know, it's not like picking up a, yeah. a whole new story. We're not, yeah, we're not starting over. We are continuing on the same path. Well, to that end, do you like the idea that it's called Chapter 9 versus I, like, you know, Season 2, Episode 1? I do like that. You know, it keeps it. It actually makes it seem like more of a cohesive story. Yeah, and it kind of ties in greater to that idea of it being a western yes. uh, serial type of story yeah that, where it just continues because one of the episodes early on was called just the gunslinger i believe right yeah, absolutely so something like that the marshal in it fact up. that was the first Tatooine Tatooine episode. episode. that's what i figured something like that with uh, uh bobby cannavale's son <laughs> oh what's what uh they even said it was like toro Tor, um yeah Tor, toro something toro gavania or something I don't know, <laughs> either way um but Amy Sedaris makes her return. Yes. Uh, Duncan, you probably lost Here your poop for this. over that. I did. I, I was very excited to see <laughs> Amy Sedaris again. 
And she was even like, and I feel like droids. she seriously, they were just like, what you did last time was wonderful. Do it Do again. more. And then she, she had everyone's reaction. Whenever she saw baby Yoda, she went, thank the force. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that little thing right now. Everyone's been I waiting a whole year. Yes. And he just wants to see it so bad. Uh, but in like, this goes back to what I was saying at the beginning that this also shows Mando's evolution a little bit. Because mm-hmm. first of all, to go back to like the opening scene, he handled everybody like like handily. Like he just decimated that whole fighting ring. Yes. And then it goes to here where he like the first time he shows up with A.B. Sedaris and like the robots come out, like the droids come out to fix the razor crest, he wants nothing to do with them. Right. And then she's like, Hey, you know he doesn't like it. And he goes, Might as well let them take a look. He's seen better days. Needs so, a once over. Yeah. It shows that he's like He's grown a little more accustomed to it. Right. Right. Well, I mean, A, between the IG-11 right. from last season. Just kind of just throwing everything out of the way. It just, I mean, it just, like I said, it just shows amazing growth in the character. And like, we, it, from anyone who's watched season one, you get it. Yes. That's kind of what I appreciate about it. Because it's like, yes, he doesn't like droids, but at the same time, he understands these aren't here to kill you. Yes. You know, it's like they're just trying to help. I would and love to see pit droids try and kill someone, though. That's that's <laughs> terrifying. That sounds like a Stephen King novel. It you does. Know? <laughs> um, and I did, yeah. And I, I, I mean, you know, I think, like, the Amy Sedaris of it all was wonderful, but I do, like... I kind of wonder if the pit droids maybe went a little too far. A little bit when he started, <laughs> when he got his nose stuck in. Yeah, the, in the, on that's the when poop I was tube. Like, you know what? For what it's worth, if that's all they had in the way of slapstick, I feel like that was okay. Yeah, and they it didn't really push was. it. Yeah, they didn't push it. Yeah, but it like it kind of got to that edge, and then it's just like, all right, let's all right, let's cool get it, out of this scene. Like <laughs> it was, uh, it was Tobey Maguire coming out of the closet in Spider-Man Two as kind of silly. Yes, because you realize that the first movie kind of had silliness, and then uh, Spider-Man Two up the comedy. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And like, I'm not saying that I don't want any comedy, but it's like that kind of like slapsticky, just like keep it minimal. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But even to that end, like I feel like they didn't do much else through the rest of the episode. That no, it's a pretty it. serious. And oh heavy my god! Episode. Yeah. <laughs> why don't you? Take, I mean, why don't you take lead on this? What happens after that? Where does he end up? So after that, we find that. Well, first off, we find out that it is R five D four. Oh my god! I shouted. I shouted <laughs> Eva's face. I said, "That's Skippy!" Skippy. <laughs> and I said, "He found a home." Like it's like, and I, I had to pause it to be like. You don't understand. <laughs> yeah, but then Amy Sedaris kind of ripped him, like well, rested yeah, him, because he was like taking his time or whatever. But like he's been through a lot, man. Can't My find God, good help dude. these days. He just goes to the desert and be like, maybe I'll find a new master someday. That droid is a hero. <laughs> he is a hero. He's a national treasure. R two D two wouldn't be here. All right, anyways. Yes. But yeah. So anyways. I'm anyway, sorry. got excited. Uh, so we do find. So we find R five D four. We learn about. The rumors of a Mandalorian in Mos Pelgo, yes. which we've kind of referenced before, Mos but it's Pelgo. not to be found on the map. It's just somewhere. Embarrassing. Lost <laughs> you can't city. find it in the uh, Jedi archives. It doesn't exist. <laughs> it does not exist. How uh, embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> but so, we, so we get some cool uh, 360 dome shots mm. of Mando flying his swoop bike out to where they believe Mos Pelgo oh, is be. and he arrives in town. And again, this kind of goes back to this like gun smoke scene of just the lone gunman. Oh yeah. Just slowly sauntering into town and 
all the town pe- townspeople like running to hide essentially. So it just like you say, because it you, you imagine like the old like it it is almost like typical now. It's like kind of um, uh, I don't even know how to put it. Just expected in like westerns to have that moment where the new guy comes into town and it's very slow moving and it's just him on the bike yeah him on the bike is just so reminiscent of that and it wasn't even funny it was just like this is so it's such an obvious like homage yeah that it just makes it perfect but it yeah and it was just and like even despite kind of the almost heavy-handed nature of it it was so cool it was so cool (laughs) and i was just like very well done everyone's like no you don't want to mess with this guy yeah um so when he walks himself into the cantina and he yes. sees the weak way. Yes. First of all, I love the weak way because they've, they've, you can tell how far the makeups come. Yeah. Uh, first, last time we saw the weak way in live action, I, I guarantee there's probably some weak way in uh, season one, but like, um, well, isn't, I mean, isn't the guy that he cuts in half with the door a weak way? No, he's a, um, uh, Aqualish. You're right. Yeah. No, uh, the last week, way, or the first one, we should say, is the Return of the Jedi, and that's just a straight-up mask. Yeah, yeah, like the skiff guards. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they're just they're clearly just wearing like the oh, Dawn Post mask. Exactly, it's just a rubber mask. But this guy had the full makeup and everything, and he felt real. Like if they were ever to try and pull off like Hondo Onaka, which is that's the species, right? Like you can tell how well they've done it. You yeah, know? and that's kind of what I'm excited about. And I liked that week, way. He was kind of just normal, but he was like he was just kind of like, sounds like you're looking for the marshal. When he's like, okay, I was right over there. When he did that, like, little nod, first of all, all right. So the reveal for you, Andrew, what was it like? It was incredible. It was, I mean, everything about the reveal of Cobb Vanth was exactly the way that I was picturing it in my mind. Oh, I got so excited. And, like, like, just seeing, first of all, just seeing all the destruction of his armor, like, all the the dissolve of the paint and everything mm-hmm. and the helmet was just like pockmarked and everything that right. Like, you're saying exactly right. Cause in my head, I was thinking to myself like, it's just, it's just pockmarked with acid. Yeah. Stomach acid. And it, yeah. And it just perfectly doesn't fit. <laughs> yes. Like, it's kind of sloppy. Yeah. The sloppy <laughs> appearance is like, that's like, cause I'm thinking. When I of, saw it, I was like, Oh, it's like when your nephew tries and takes his yes, dad's suit. Yes. It's like, <laughs> I, it's like, like oh. I'm, I'm a big boy now. <laughs> yeah. Look at me. I can wear it. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. that's, and that's exactly what it comes down to. I mean, you know, Cobb Vanth is this. So to, to kind of rewind, you know, the initial appearance of Cobb Vanth is in the aftermath series. Yes. He, he shows up and his story is similar. It's similar. I'm it's a little ups- bit different than I'm it wasn't a, like freedom town. Yeah. I was saying, I'm a little upset that they didn't go that far. I told Eva the whole time, like just to kind of give spoilers towards the end. I was really upset that there was no Malakili. Yeah. <laughs> like through the whole thing. I was hoping that like that, that like whatever was under the ground at the time, we didn't know like came through. And I was hoping that Malakili would just be jogging that after was... it and just being like, Sarissa, come back or something, you know, like whoever, like, cause he gives them all names. Yeah. Regardless. That was a little upsetting, but yeah, it, no, I, it's I, definitely I, not a game changer by any stance. Yeah. Like I liked, I liked Timmy, Timothy Oliphant's uh, rendition of Cobb Vanth. Yeah. Before that, the only real reference I had was just a Mark Thompson impression. Mm-hmm. You know, other, in, like he's just a book character. Yeah. But he like Tom uh, or Mike uh, or Mark Thompson's voice when he used uh, for Cobb Vanth always had a smoky whiskey flavor to it. It would always just be like, "I'm Cobb Vanth, Maw Man. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go and free up this Moss Pelgo, something like that." Like it was always. You always kind of just figured that he had something just wrong. Sounded with him. like Tom Waits. A little, a little bit, <laughs> but it, cause, like just because he his original thing was he was a slave, 
mm-hmm. who had escaped. So there was technically in the show he escaped from slavery or being enslaved rather, and that's when he was able to find his freedom and all that kind of stuff. So right. the story was more or less like true to it, but I was upset that they didn't stick with like the aftermath book. Now, because to that, to that, like it's not that it's a game. It's it doesn't it doesn't ruin it. It doesn't ruin it. But to that, like, does that make it? How does that make you feel that well, they didn't like stick with the known canon in that aspect? Well, I think there's still a chance to revive that known canon, and I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think there's certainly a vibe that. I mean, I'm not saying they're just going to go totally back into the well and kind of like, well, we're going to introduce these characters and then bring them back for the grand finale or whatever. But there does feel a little bit of a sense that Cobb Vance's story isn't just a one-off. I would hope so. And it makes me wonder if by chance, you know, as that story continues to unfold, he might come back in by the end of the season and... And maybe he'll even reacquire the armor potential. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. Like, I honestly was hoping that by the end of the episode, like, uh, Mando would have been like, you earned this, you know? Versus <laughs> yeah, like, I kind of, I almost <laughs> felt like that's where it was you going. You keep it. Yeah, yeah, it's like, you more than earned this yeah. or whatever. But, like, I also appreciate that Cobb was able to, like, be a man about it and just be like, it's done me yeah, good and I'm glad you, to yeah. get it back. He was, like... He like his, like I said, his portrayal was perfect. He was an honorable man. Like he was definitely like you could tell that he was worried about his townspeople and everything like that, and he he protected them. Yeah, but like I th- I mean I will say like this story overall like really I feel like addresses two novels. Uh, oh, I mean in terms of so a you have the aftermath books and like the introduction of Cobb Vanth and Freedom Town and all that concept, right? Yes. Okay, then, I'm glad you're going into this. Go ahead. And then certainly the second novel in question is the Kenobi novel. Thank you. Oh my God. Thank you. So when they did all this, I was just thinking to myself, like they're going to have nothing left for the Obi-Wan series. If they just keep going this route, Yeah. you know, which it wasn't a bad thing. Again, it was a great episode. It was really well done. Cause if so spoilers for the actual Kenobi novel, like it goes to the point where they have to fight a crate dragon towards the end. And it's also farmers versus, Tuscan Raiders. Yes. And that was the exact same plot, you know, in this, but they have to work together to take down the crate dragon. Right now, more back to the actual, like idea of freedom town and Cobb Vanth in the aftermath series. He had already worked out a deal with the Tuscan Raiders in the aftermath series in exchange for water. They got their protection, which is why I continue to believe that it could all fit together. Just fine. I know, I know. Trust me, I know. But at the same time, like, because I also had to like hold myself back and realize this is also five years after the fact. Mm-hmm. So for all I know, that version of Freedom Town has like gone to the wayside, yeah. and they are still being raided by a different faction of Sand People. Yeah. You don't know. But that's just it. Like, I was a little upset to be like, well, they should already have a pact. Like, I don't understand why they're upset with each other. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's neither here nor there. Yeah. But I, it's a big planet. It is a big planet. And I just, I, I was happy Lots to see. Sand. <laughs> well, actually, to, to get I don't at that. like sand. It's gotten everywhere. <laughs> to, get, uh, to get at that, what did everyone think of the actual, like, shots of Tatooine? Because I felt like we got to see more of Tatooine than we ever did. I feel like we got For to sure. see more texture to Tatooine. Like, ag- agreeable that the whole planet is sand. 
But the fact of the matter is, some of the sand is very like dune, like dune esque. Other ones, it's just like mountain ranges and stuff like that. It showed that there was some actual like progression in the way of how it was set up. So I appreciated that. Mm -hmm. Um, But and that's going back to the uh, the three sixty dome and the visual effects. I feel like they were like, oh, okay, this first episode, we're really gonna flex on you. Throw it out there. Oh, you you think Tatooine's just a bunch of sand? The budget. My, you've grown. Hold my beer. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. Yes, but um, anyway, to get back to the story a little bit. Yeah, sorry, but it's okay. Um, I do, like I said, I do like the fact that they combine the two. Yeah. Um, and to that end, I think it made it more epic. Also, I think that they're giving a fair shake to the Tusken Raiders now. Yeah. Which I appreciate. Well, exactly. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, not to kind of go to a socio-political type of <laughs> level, means. but you know, I think there is this idea that it's like we're not so different. We need to find that common space, that common ground. and What do we both need? What do we both want? Exactly. And I I appreciated that this episode kind of pays homage to that in a way that's not like beat you over the head, maybe. Basically. Um, The the read is there if you want to put it there, but it's not going to, it's not so on the nose. They they treat it like cowboys and Native Americans kind of deal. They have to work together to stop, you know, a group of bandits or something like that, you know, but it's just this big old thing. And I do think that it works out. I think that, like, you see the aggression between uh, Cobb Vanth and the Sand People whenever they're, like, when he's in their camp. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, he doesn't want to drink their water and everything like that. And, again, like, uh, this was me, like, honestly, this was me just being completely nitpicky because I knew all the backstory and everything. I was just like, we well, can't do it. They already have the water, blah, blah, blah. But, like, I, for the story, like, the sake of the story, it made sense. And I was like, this is exactly how a Tatooine resident would react to Tuscan Raiders being like, oh well, you know, they're just they're just filthy, you know, people in rags and blah 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 or whatever. Yes. And so I don't know. I, I really thought that they they pulled it off. I thought it was uh I, it was just it was a great inclusion. And um honestly the humor came more from the like the actual beast itself. Do we want to talk about the Well we need to we need to discuss the introduction of the crate dragon. Right. The Alaskan bullworm. <laughs> it's large, it's hairy, it's <laughs> pink. Sorry. Uh, so <laughs> um, yeah, we're we're 31 years old. Uh, so I got very excited. I had no idea what this thing was gonna be. Because I feel like I've seen pictures and artist renditions of crate dragons, and I've kind of always seen them with limbs. Mm-hmm. This kind of comes off, as uh, our producer puts it, a Alaskan bullworm, which yes. is essentially just a big old worm. Yes. How do you feel about that? I mean, I liked it. I mean, it certainly kind of ties back to some of the early Star Wars history, like pre-Star Wars history of, of sort of viewing Tatooine as Dune, yes. essentially as Araxis. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and certainly the, you know, the slug nature of the crate dragon is a little bit more Dune-esque than right. maybe we would have otherwise assumed. Well, we also found out that the crate dragon ate the Sarlacc. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently it ate the Sarlacc, like yes. the actual pit of Karkoon. Which Yes, which seems to have a bit of a, an influence potentially on what's coming. Right. Which we'll get into in a little bit. Yeah, we'll save that for and the end. And we'll just say that could be where Cobb Vanth got the, uh. Well, so armor. that's just that just goes into it. The other idea was so this is also from uh, from um, Malakili's point of view in the aftermath series. He puts out there that the the pit of Carcoon. He went to go and try and you know 
protected or whatever after everything was said and done. And once he got there, he found that it had been ripped open and it had been scoured by Jawas and like left to die and rot and everything like that. So that does leave it open because it, it at first it sounds like the the um you know the the barge exploded on it and then thus it you know ate the barge and it exploded or it got it got blown up from the inside by somebody you never know or it got eaten by the crate dragon they the all these possibilities are now open yes there's but, always a bigger fish there's always a bigger there's fish always a bigger fish a bigger uh, even worm. A bigger even worm. in a desert planet right <laughs> but like so getting back to the whole humor of it like the when they when they go up and try and bait it mm-hmm Seeing the uh, the Tusken Raider run away and it goes straight for the Tusken Raider was one of the best scenes. Yeah. It was like what? Yeah. Like I was just hoping that was like it was just so it was just such a I don't know I don't know and everyone's <laughs> was, reaction to it. Yeah, I was I, having a little bit of a rough time with all the bantha violence. Right. I felt horrible for these animals. They're just like whatever. We're just gonna stand here. Yeah. And Eva Eva was just like these poor beasts. And like I had to explain like because like the original ones were like just elephants with like you know fur coats on or whatever. Yeah. She's like oh you know. But, um, yeah, I felt bad for banthas. They did really get a the a, a, a raw fair deal. shake. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. So that one at least kind of you know I don't tend to mind like violence against humans as much. Yeah. Within Star Wars. Well, so. To that end, having the townspeople work together uh, with the Tusken Raiders and Mando, um, that whole final scene of them just working together and like using the explosives and having to shoot it to drag it out and everything like that, that was it was tension beyond tension because I was yeah. just expecting this thing to open it up and eat everybody. Yeah. Um, but so this goes back to the beginning of what I was saying. It shows how much Mando has progressed. Mm. Think about Episode Two whenever he's fighting the Mudhorn. He is completely wrecked he's, he's to the point where he's, he's holding he's his, outmatched he's outmatched he's holding up his vibroblade it's the last line of the fence yeah smash cut to him going up against a freaking crate dragon and having one of the best possible like finishing moves <laughs> yeah. and he just comes flying out of it and just landing like it's nothing yeah and i just was hoping that gimli would have came out and just said that still only counts as one you know like <laughs> that was that was what it was it was like it just shows how far of a character like how far he has come as a character yeah and that in a in of itself is what i appreciated about yeah it. and the sequence like to me like the coolest thing was the sequence with him and the and, well and Cobb vance like when they go up to the top of up to like, that the ridge. Mountain. Yeah. Oh, just the two of them lighting off and just flying off. Yeah. It was just like amazing. And seeing the rocket, like the rocket fly off of the jetpack, amazing. Yeah. Uh, and I, like, did, I did greatly enjoy the first time you see Cobb Vanth use the targeting system yeah. and then just like, oh, I'm going to lean forward. <laughs> and even, like, even was like, that's like aftermarket, isn't it? And I was like, I'm pretty sure it is. And she yeah. kept being like, how much do those cost? And I was like, I don't know. She's like, didn't you use it already? He's like, I don't know. Because I was like so excited yeah. about everything. But then she was asking about like the actual targeting system thing, antenna. And she's like, does everybody have that? Was, well, actually, she asked me that and I thought she meant the rocket. And I was like, well, didn't like, uh, didn't Jaren has one? And she's like, no, she, he doesn't. And I, I didn't think about the freaking antenna, but yeah, it makes sense. And um, and I I will say it's like I mean again that attention to detail that's just such a hallmark of this show mm-hmm. is like you can see that it's a different rocket that he has in like the current sequence of events as opposed to the one that he uses on the mining guild exactly so it, he does get an aftermarket yeah it's whatever he could find <laughs> yeah and it's no true. idea how he could have acquired that but <laughs> hey on a uh, on a marshal salary yeah anything's possible <laughs> but um. 
I it all kind of culminates in at the end when the crate dragon is destroyed. Uh, you know, and uh, the Tusker Raiders are going through it for like meat and whatever. Yes. Originally, I was just thinking about okay, they're just they're cultivating it. They're gonna take it back to eat and everything like that. And then they found the egg, the crate dragon egg. And when I heard that, is I that was, an egg or is that a pearl? So here's the deal. It's a rite of passage in Tuscan lore that you have to kill a crate dragon and then you have to find something in his stomach, I believe. Oh. It is a rite of passage. So you can, I think the idea is you can work together to do it, but the person who finds, you know, the egg or the pearl or what have you is that they are proclaimed, you know, that they are a real Tuscan after that or whatever. But it got to the point in the uh, Kenobi story, they talk about like that crate dragons were so rare anymore that they had to kill like, um, not banthas, the the lizards, the dewbacks. They had to like chase down dewbacks and stuff like that to try yeah. to tr- prove their manhood and stuff yeah. like that. That was their new uh, rite of passage. Yeah, exactly. But that just shows you how epic like the Tuscan Raiders culture really is. They were like, if you want to show how tough you are, take down a crate, mm. and then you can get this like the seed from its stomach or whatever the heck it was. Well, that's wild considering they needed high yield explosives to do it in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Right? How, how I mean, obviously, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess kind of the 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 subtext that's not really stated that clearly is that most crate dragons are not this crate dragon. Yeah, okay. like that's like a great that's like a ancient one, or it's like yeah. it's been around for a while. But it also goes to the fact that like this is a, I think this is a complete redesign of a crate dragon because like I was saying before, crate dragons were kind of depicted like um, more like ancient Chinese dragons. They had like the shorter limbs, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like vestigial arms, exactly yeah. right, like T Rex arms. Almost. Well, so going back, this is just a clarification question for me. Um, in A New Hope, when we see R two and C three PO when they first get to Tatooine and mm-hmm. they're walking to the desert. The skeleton you see in the background is it's that a crate dragon? It is a crate dragon. Okay. Yes. Because okay. like they, I don't remember seeing little limbs on that. No, they there isn't either. Because like okay. it, it's, I think the idea is that it's just buried, and like it even looks Got like it. it's like a whale upside down too. So like it's kind of has that feel to it. Um, but they also have kind of an homage to that towards the end of the episode when it's exploded and like you see the you know the the rib cage and everything. It kind of has that look to it. Yeah. So I yeah, appreciate that, that. Yeah, it has a little bit more of that kind of. You can see that it's just a really big version of like that same kind of skeletal structure. But all the same, uh, I think it ends pretty well. He gets the armor back from Cobb. And uh, I think, I mean, I honestly think that, like I said, he was just a, he was a true mensch for just being like, he kept his word and gave it back. But I was really hoping to be like, you know what? You earned it. Keep it. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, it goes back to what you were saying. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'm hoping it's not the end of the Cobb Vanth character. Just I because. Don't think so. I mean, I, again, that was such a high for me. Yeah. Uh, and for a lot of people, too. A lot of people who are just like book fans. Yeah. Like that, that's what I was telling uh, Eva through the whole thing was just like that. This is a love letter right now. Yeah. Like, it is an absolute love letter for anyone who's a fan of the new canon. Like, it's just like they're just going deep. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the characters that probably took off from just like such a random little. Like offshot in a main yeah, yeah, series. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I fully, that. yeah, fully agreed. So so hopefully he'll he'll come back around and I, I hope he has a chance to to get the armor back. Mm. Um hopefully towards know, like think, the I mean, like you say, there could be that moment of like I need some friends and he just goes and finds him or whatever. Yeah. But I think Cobb Vamp also just had a uh a very good reception in general. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was a lot of positivity from 
the the Mandalorian uh, fan base. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, even uh, you know, I I feel like I saw so much positivity about the character, like even from people that had no idea about you know his appearance in Aftermath. Yeah, and, and so on, and just like yeah, the like Timothy Oliphant just playing this like cool like grizzled Star Wars yeah. Marshall <laughs> is like. <laughs> That's made a lot of the last couple of weeks a lot more bearable. Hell yeah. <laughs> so I'm all for that. Let's hope that he does come back. But I think I think we should finish out uh with the the final scene, the final, final reveal Ooh. of the episode. So we see Mando riding off into the twin sunset. Yes. Which again, cool. amazing shot. Every time you see it, you never you get, gotta love it. You can't leave Tatooine without seeing it, right? It's a rite of passage. You love to see it. <laughs> um, but as he's riding off, we see a silhouette of a figure standing on a cliffside, watching the speeder bike run away. Yes. And as we look at this silhouette, he turns around and it is revealed that it is none other than Tamora Morrison. Yes. Uh, the actor who has most famously played Jango Fett, and thus. Uh, the uh, every clone ever, every clone ever. <laughs> uh, also, Aquaman's dad, but that's beside the point. Um, so, Tamora Morrison is all scarred up, he's missing his eyebrows, doesn't have any hair, like he is just a hairless man, uh, scarred up, and everything. Like I said before, he's also wielding um, a Tuscan long rifle, as well as it looks like a gaffy uh, stick. Gaffy stick, so he's just got some hand to hand combat. Now, there's rumors going around that he is an undercover Tuscan Raider, but we should just Go straight out say who everyone thinks it is. I think everyone thinks this is actually Boba Fett. Yes. And if that's the case, if this truly is Boba Fett, what <laughs> the hell? <laughs> How do you feel about this, first of all? You, this is your character coming back to life. It is my character coming back to life. I mean, I I guess it's just all going to depend a little bit. You right? know, I mean, I think because uh, there is this argument to be made that I think Cobb Vanth like represents this almost more perfect version of Boba Fett. Right. I mean, and we see him actually like kicking ass, kicking ass and, taking and, names. and you know, and also he's a good guy, like an yes. objectively good guy, which is certainly likable. It's a very rare thing in star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think there could be a lot of envy and a lot of mixed feelings as we learn more. I mean, you know, I've articulated my, sort of deeply held suspicion. Like, I was like, is he really going to be like, is tomorrow Morrison knowing that he's coming back actually going to be Boba Fett, which, you know, was rumored and, and so on. Yeah. Or is he going to play a clone trooper, potentially maybe captain Rex. That who's also been confirmed. Yes. Um, well, that was going to be my question is, okay, let's say it's not Boba Fett. Who on Tatooine could it be? It could be just a regular clone. Okay. To that end, there is like there are clones out there who were just they were decommissioned and they just tried to live a normal life. And there's even like a, a story arc of a clone who left like the core and just went off to like have a normal life and with a wife and kids and stuff like that. Started a cl- uh, decommissioned clone support group, something like <laughs> that. The the DLC or whatever they call it. <laughs> that way, that. That yeah. doesn't work out. Either I mean, way. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess to before I kind of lose my train of thought, I mean, obviously, I do think that's Boba Fett. I think it's I don't know how saying. it couldn't be Boba Fett. Like, that he is. He's on Tatooine. He's yeah. grizzled. He's scarred. Sc- yeah, scarred. And he's, and he's clearly been, armor. like, acid damaged. Yes, he's watching his armor run away. And again, with the eyebrows. No eyebrows. I figured as much that has to do with something of, like, the, the digestive 
part of uh, you know the Sarlacc or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, and no, no one ever knew what Boba looked like under the helmet. Like right. it, that was always just a thing that they just never showed it off. But everyone always kind of assumed that he was grizzled. He was scarred up, anyways. Yes. So this is cool to see. You don't get a big dent in your Beskar metal helmet for nothing. Yeah, and and not have a little bit of you know battle damage underneath. So I want to know if that's still considered canon, the way he got it in the Clone Wars, even though that was just an anima- like animatic anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I He do. gets it from Cod yeah. Bane. Mm-hmm. Cad Bane. Um, but um, I don't know. Honestly, I think um, I think the way it could work out... Well, I'll, I'll just say this much. I didn't think it was going to be Boba Fett. I thought it was going to be something like, you know... Commander Rex has some kind of weird flashback or something like that. Or it's going to be like a flashback to Boba Fett, like it coming out of the Sarlacc pit, losing his armor or whatever, and uh, then just dying. Like they, I thought it was going to keep it something simple, but I, I am interested to see where they take this. Um, they, they were able to revive his character in the original trilogy based on the books and everything and his popularity just like that. And if they give him the same treatment that they gave Darth Maul this time around, like he's going to be up there. Like yeah. if he isn't already up there as a as like the, you know with the Mandalorian armor and everything like that, this is just the next logical step. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's. Uh, I mean, I think the the instinct is there, and obviously, like Filoni's heavy involvement and like his, you know, he is kind of the direct line from George Lucas to like new Disney Star Wars. Yeah. And I kind and and Lucas has said like if he if he had fully appreciated how popular Boba Fett was at the time, he something more memorable. Yeah, he he yeah he either would have killed him in a much better fashion or just not. Yeah. Um. So I I, I kind of see this as a chance to really kind of set the record right. Right. Uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, as we learn about this character and his motivations, what they actually are. I mean, we kind of I mean not to to try to drag this out too much longer, but so like within the, uh, old expanded universe, Boba Fett does kind of become a little bit of a, an anti-hero. Um, he, like he becomes Mandalore. Well, he becomes Mandalore, <laughs> the big part. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. And, and he tends to fight on the right side of things. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. Like he even fights alongside Han Solo. Yes. At times. Yeah. Where, like he had a despite, big ass yeah, crush. Des- despite yes. their history, they tend to actually be able to get along pretty uh, well. Yeah. And, and to the point where he, 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 sorry, Han Solo even wears some of Boba's armor. Yeah. Because before <laughs> then it wasn't fashionable to have two sets of armor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so anyway, uh, you know, I, I, if we're due for that kind of story, I mean, that, that could be interesting, but it could also just be interesting to find out that he is just this kind of, you know, worm eaten, like, villain that's villain. just you know just kind of like a, a a brawny type of bad yeah so well i guess that goes into my final thoughts for everybody here like thoughts or predictions do we think um do we think boba is going to be a potential villain or is he going to play more of a supportive role i i think from what we can tell right now he looks like he is just trying to get his armor back yeah so to that end i could say maybe he is just trying to be you know, his own ruthless self. And that's fair. I mean, it's not like Jin Jaren is really any different. No. Uh, you know, ultimately it's kind of the same, you know, even regardless of Boba Fett's like 
legacy. Mando actual, yeah, yeah, actual Mando legacy. Like they're kind of the same guy. It kind of comes into question now, though, if you think about it. Yeah. So, oh man, it's going to get detailed. I'll try and keep it short. So they they say that Jango Fett is not a real Mandalorian, and that could be explained away as because originally it's like, oh, he's not Mandalorian by birth, but we also know that from Din Djarin's experience, he is Mandalorian by creed. Yes. So to that end, man, like Jango and thus Boba could also be Mando, but just not to the creed. Yeah. And what's so cool about the character of the Mandalorian is just like, I mean, so we get some images when we first see Cobb Vanth that, you know, kind of highlight, you know, like you can see like the mythosaur emblem very clearly, the Fett clan emblem very clearly. Yes. And, but we don't really know what the Mando's actual response to that is. He looks like like the the look he gives it is very surprising. And then when he sees sees him walk, like you see Din walking towards the table, whatever um, Cobb sits down, and then he you see him stop immediately once he removes his helmet, like it's nothing. Yeah, that's the part where I was like, that's where you see the difference in them. Yeah. Because he was just like, are you kidding me right yeah. now? And I love that scene so much. That like, was a really great reveal. Like, you know, it's just like, we're not going to like drag it out, drag it out. Like, oh yeah, this is like a fake Mando. Well, or... just, and also just plunking it on the table like that just <laughs> is definitive because you see it for what it is right then and there. They put it right in your face. That's Boba Fett's helmet. Yeah. You know, so that was also a very cool thing. Yeah. So I don't, I mean, so I guess to go back to the, the fine, to your question, Connor, like I don't, I just don't know. And that's what has me so hooked. Yeah. I think there were some lulls in this episode. You know, I I would probably rate it as like somewhere in the middle in terms of all nine that we've had so far. Yeah. But like that hook at the end was like, it gets you deep. Yeah. That was like just taking a massive meat hook and just sticking it right in my back. (laughs) Give it the old Jason treatment. That's right. (laughs) Or what is it? Dead by daylight. Dead by daylight. Yeah. That's right. All right. Well, I think that pretty sad. Like that covers it pretty well. Yeah. Uh, Duncan, any final thoughts or anything you uh, want to share? Anything? It ruled. And is it Friday yet? I want more. <laughs> I agree with that. Gotta uh, get down on Friday. Yes, gotta get down on Friday. Be sure to check us out again. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed our review. What did you guys think of Mandalorian episode one, season two? Uh, do you think uh, Boba Fett is going to be a hero or an enemy, or does he really just want his armor back? Who really knows? Please let us know at our Instagram, which is Greedo Shot First Podcast, all one word, or our Twitter, which is the exact same thing, all one word. Or be sure to drop us a, an email at Greedo Shot First Pod at gmail.com. Yes. Uh, with any questions, concerns, or thoughts or ideas, we are open to anything. Uh, again, I want to thank Duncan for joining us today and help excel, like always. Thank you. Uh, I want to thank Andrew for just being with us again because he's cool you know i want to thank myself for waking up and getting here and bringing mcdonald's for everybody uh and you the real mvp oh thank you like to thank my beard for coming today (laughs) couldn't be here without it all the same i'm just i'm just just happy uh i thought we had a good time did you have a good time it was a boring conversation anyway i bet it was